Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That's So Neat. I'm your host, Neetu, and today our neat topic of discussion is infertility. I'm going to be joined by a host today, or a co-host today, who's going to be talking a little bit about her journey and information that she learned through her process. Um, before we jump in, I do want to say that this is an opinion-based podcast. If you are seeking actual medical attention or medical advice, please see a healthcare professional that can help you. Um, all of these opinions are of mine. They don't represent anybody I have been affiliated with. I'm currently a affiliated with or will be affiliated with in the future. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Welcome back, everybody. As I mentioned in the intro, we have a very special guest. We have Atom with us today. Hi, Atom. Hello. Hi, everyone. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing good. You're staying safe in BC. We are trying to stay as dry as possible. Yeah, that's, that's the key, right? That's the key. Um, that's so the key. today we're going to be talking, as I mentioned, about infertility um, and just kind of the stigma that comes with it, the misinformation that's out there um, within the South Asian community. And Atham actually is quite personally um, kind of joined with this topic. So Atham, do you kind of want to share a little bit about your experience and why you are so passionate about this topic? Sure. Uh, just to kind of uh, introduce myself to your audience, I am 40-year-old female. Um, I am a healthcare worker, not frontline, but I'm a healthcare worker and I would say I am fairly educated. I am aware of the medical terminology, yet I still, so I have been married for 18 years now. And uh, four of those beginning years, we struggled with infertility. Um, a lot of it was due to lack of knowledge and, you know, just stuff, right? Like there's not always an answer to that yeah. um, question either, but uh, I, was able to get pregnant with a little bit of medical assistance. Right. And I have a, a beautiful 12-year-old son now. And that's just the thing. I feel like one of the biggest thing, and you and I were talking about this a little bit off air, is just the um, misinformation that comes with infertility. What was your experience of when you were going through this? I'm sure it felt very alienating. We read a lot of stories. We talk to a lot of people. And that's the first word that comes is that it's very alienating. Did you feel that way? 100% yes. Yeah. You know, our society at large, they do hold women at fault when a couple is childless uh, for a number of years after marriage, right? Yeah. Especially in Apna culture, we are, you know, all very close knit. We have family members, we have cousins, we have chache, taig, uncles, and, and everyone, you know, seems to be kind of uh, expecting a, a child soon after marriage. Thankfully, now, a decade and a half later, I feel like, you know, there's some change coming in right. that it's shifting a little bit. They know that, you know, uh, it's okay for the couple to take some time, get used to each other. But still, I would say, you know, the disproportionate blame has been placed on women in general. 100%. And when you say alienating, that was very, very much the right word because I am one of the eldest cousins on my side. No one else around me was talking about infertility. I did not even know until many years later that there were people going through infertility consecutively at the same time when, but we did not feel that comfort level to talk to each other, to approach 
one another or, you know, now I wish that I had talked about it at that time, but it was the shame, the guilt, right? And the shame is huge because we are made to believe that as women, it is our purpose, biological purpose to bring another human being into the world. Yeah. And when you're not able to do that, regardless of what the reason is, you feel guilty. It's, it's depressing as well. You know, it's very, very depressing. Um, At that time, it took me a while to accept, first of all, that we are struggling. It took me a long time to, to uh, figure that out. And I think it's very, very important to have open conversation with your partner right off the bat, because both of you need to be on the same page as well. First three years, we knew we did not want to have a child. Right. Um, and everything was fine. Um, yeah. There was, you know, a lot of excitement and, and getting to know each other, learning to live with each other. But then, you know, once once the honeymoon phase is over, we do yeah. think about the next phase of life. We want to be uh, parents, but, yeah. um, and you would think that, you know, this is normal, natural that you do your thing and then comes the baby. Yeah. Well, you do... we don't even talk about sex. Like, let's keep it real. That's right. You, you that's just right. think you, you just think it happens. Boom, bada bing. That's it. You're going to have a kid the next second, but there's so much that totally. goes into it. Totally. And totally. And you know, like another thing is like, there's so many, there's so many, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, myths that people believe, right? And again, I was one of those people. I had been on birth control for a while and I just assumed that, you know what, things just take time after. Yeah. Um, Or contrary, but the thing is, contrary to popular belief, like long-term use of birth control pills does not impact fertility, No. right? We don't know that. But the thing is also, who do we talk to about our menstrual cycle? Yeah. About ovulation. There has been no... Um, there had been no guidance in my life, um, you know, to talk about the female reproductive organs. What do they do? Unless you actually read about it in in school, right? Um, There isn't a lot of conversation happening about that. Um, Not enough support. Even when, when somebody does find out that you're going through infertility, I think right away um, their thought, we think that they are going to pity you yeah. or you're going to be the next gossip session of the family. There we go. And yeah. those are some of the, yeah, those are some of the things that really hold you back from reaching out or looking for support because we feel like we are going to be the next topic of the family dinner. Right. 100%. And like you think about mm-hmm. these things too. And like I even growing up and just listening, there's so many times that a woman is blamed for the infertility it's not always the woman. Like that's one other thing that we have to talk about is like, it's a couple thing, right? So when you're trying to get pregnant, in most cases, I've heard a lot of women that will hide the fact that it's actually a problem with the husband or, you know, something to do with the sperm. And then they take the blame on because they don't want to give shame. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's almost like they feel like they're taking on the blame and then automatically our society is going to blame the woman or or something's wrong with her, right? No one even bats an eye to think that maybe it's the other way around and she's not saying anything like about her husband or her partner. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, male factor infertility diagnosis is rarely ever disclosed. Nobody yeah. would ever want to talk about it, you yeah. know? Yeah. And and just generally speaking, there could be many reasons why a couple's not able to get pregnant. You know, mm-hmm. for men, it's the quantity of the sperm, the quality of the sperm, yeah. the motility. There's a lot of, you know, big medical terms that go into this. Yeah. And for women, it could be maybe you have polycystic ovarian syndrome, maybe yeah. you're going through endometriosis, maybe yeah. you have other health conditions, you know, like you could be diabetic, uh, you could have some thyroid um, imbalance or some hormonal imbalance. There's so many factors yeah. that could be leading up to that infertility. Yeah. But I, I feel that, you know, um, in our culture, women tend to normalize taking the blame on themselves instead of addressing it if it is the male or their partner who may be the cause of it. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm I'm not quite actually sure about the reason either. Like yeah. uh, what do you think? What do you I think? think I think to? honestly, I think it's because we are built on such a patriarchal I don't even know how to say the word patriarchy. Patriarch. Right? Patriarch. Like that are we're so predominant like nothing can be wrong with the man right the man is mm. end all and above all even to the fact that we'll hear things stupid things like if the we all know xy chromosomes right we know that women have two yeah. x's guys have xy and they're the ones who determine the sex of the baby how many times do we hear bibian talking about oh um it has nothing to yep. do with her. You're the, the problem yep. is in your son. But I think as a society over time, it's so um we have become so accustomed in the South Asian and Punjabi and whatever culture to blame the woman that because the woman is the bearer of the child, she automatically takes all the blame for the child. Right. 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 I think it's yep. a stigma yep. that's caused by society because um, and even with infertility, like um my it's in my our lineage like my aunts now have started opening up with it but so many of them have had miscarriages or stillborns or but it, it was like no one talks about it. it's like you have that and then you just move on like no one absolutely you are absolutely about right about that you yeah. are absolutely right about that you know if, if you look at our grandparents they had like 12 kids you know mm-hmm. uh, one after another after another and then our parents then they may have had like you know four kids or three kids yeah in fact actually um you know personally speaking my mom yeah. she had three kids but they were all seven years apart right and you know, my mom's no longer around. She passed away a few years back, but I, I wish she was around for me to ask what caused a seven-year gap because it's not it's not very common in our culture yeah. to have a, such a large gap. If you're planning to have two, three kids, it's you know like one after another, two, three yeah. years, and then and in fact, to be honest, there wasn't a whole lot of planning going on back in those days, anyways. Yeah. Right. So I really wish that I had. And I know that my mom did not talk to her sister and my dad's definitely not going to talk about it. (laughs) But I wish, you know, like these are the conversations that, like you said, you're talking to your aunts. Now you're finding out now. But I wish I was able to talk to my mom and ask, like, what took you guys so long to have a baby? A hundred. But we don't talk about them because there's a stigma. And then you look at it. I was like, what's wrong with talking about it? What I is don't wrong? See anything That's wrong right. With it. Actually, yep. what's wrong is that we're not talking about it. That's where the issue lies. You are one hundred percent right about that. Right. Um. And- you know, sometimes it's just we take think of it as unsolicited advice, but honestly, you know, it all depends on how you approach it. I feel like 
you know, if we just provide positive support, yeah. just let someone have that outlet. You know, I have talked to a few uh, cousins' wives or even um, my co-worker's husband, you know, at a, at a party yeah. and we just started talking and people are so hesitant to even open up to you, right? Yeah. They feel like you, they're going to be looked down upon. Whereas I'm just here to say, you know what? How can I help? Yes. What can I do? Yeah. You know, do you need more information? Um, do you want to sh- do you want to hear my story? Yeah. Because I mean, it took us so long just to realize that what we're going through is infertility, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you go to the doctor, um, and the doctor's like, "Okay, well, you know, go home, try for three more months, and then come back to me." Yeah. Well, that also goes by. Then you go on hormone pills, mm-hmm. right? Or you go on, um, you know, medication to uh, kind of uh, make sure that you're ovulating. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that can go on. And, you know, sometimes, thankfully, you know, um, when I say we had a little medical assistance, mine was just as simple as IUI. Uh, we went through IUI, which is a very common procedure. Um, and IUI is intrauterine insemination, basically taking uh, the healthy sperm from my husband's semen and injecting it into the uterus so that it does its thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, gets to right? work. And, yeah. and yes, it gets to work. <laughs> and it took us so long. We kept on looking for what's the reason? What can we do to fix it? Mm-hmm. And there was no reason. Yeah. Everything seemed to be in line, you know, like all the numbers are good. Um, all the tests are coming clear. And I think that is the hard pill to swallow is when there is no reason. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When there is no reason, no rationale. Uh, behind why you're not able to get pregnant and you're not able to uh, have a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, not having support, right? I think it's very, very important to have a good open discussions and relationship and and keep a check on on your spouse as well, right? Like the woman is the one going through a lot of it physically, but men also are involved. And sometimes they actually tend to feel guilty or not being able to contribute, right? Especially like in our case, when uh, we did not know what was going on or what was the reason behind us not being able to get pregnant. Yeah. Um, another, yeah. Uh, just some of the key things I would say is, you know, just look for support around you. Yeah. I found support in my coworker who I honestly had not even talked too much in the two and a half years she had been working for. Right. Because, but we actually just connected over um, something so silly, uh, uh, working an evening shift at the hospital. Right. We just happened to be sitting together in the break room and we finally opened up to each other. And I was blown away at how much support that woman I had not even talked to much in two and a half years was able to provide me someone, you know, I knew because she worked there, but otherwise we had nothing in common and we connected so well and she was the one who was able to guide me and provide support when I needed it. And that's the about, thing, right? It's the support. Support. Yes. Just support, yes. not judgment. Support. Non-judgmental support. Yeah. And also, um, I think sometimes we worry about overstepping our boundaries, right? Um, yeah. That's another thing. In our culture, we worry if I was to say something, if I am to reach out, am I overstepping my boundary? Yeah. Um, but, you know... Providing that support 
and also being non-judgmental. Yeah. I think that is already a recipe for success. Yeah, that's just it. And also like no, not always offering solutions, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like, and I feel like support comes in the way of like, I'm here for you. I hear you. Yes. I understand what you're going through. If you need me, I'm here however you need me to be, right? For sure. Not for sure. Hey, here, do this. Have you tried this, this way? Yes. Go to this homeopath. Go here. Go. No, that's, right. that's, not, that's not, that's up to the couple to decide, right? Very much so. And I think you really need to, de- you need to just have the open conversation. You know, I watch New Amsterdam and I love uh, the doctor saying, how can I help? Yeah. Yeah. Let them know you are there, whether they just need a listening ear, whether they need a night out, whether they need a break from something, you know, um, that is what we need is that um, emotional support. Sometimes they may need a ride, but they're afraid to ask or, you know, they don't want to explain that they need a ride to the doctor or the hospital, but, you know, they don't want to tell you that it's a fertility clinic. Yeah. Give yeah. them the listening ear, right? And offer support. That's just it. And also mm-hmm. stop asking couples when they're going to have kids. I think my it, goodness, it's so annoying. Yes. Like I have so many sister-in-laws. Like I have my own sister too. Now she's married. But the, the why is it that as soon as with the second that they get married, it's so the question is like, okay, when baby burn out, like, yeah. What do you not understand that that's up to the couple to decide. Maybe that couple doesn't want children because maybe they've talked about their infertility prior to that we don't know and we shouldn't be making them feel worse because there's this one influencer actually and she her name's Desi Perkins and she actually I'll link her video she shared her infertility journey and and the reason it came up is because on her YouTube videos anytime she was a little bit bloated or anything like that they would automatically start being like you're pregnant you're pregnant you're pregnant Meanwhile, in the background, she's going through all these infertility issues. And she said, this, these comments you guys make of me having kids or when are you going to get pregnant have a really um, negative toll on my mental like stability because I there's nothing more than I want to be than a mom and I'm struggling. For sure. You know what I mean? So you could be pushing sure. someone over the edge a little bit. No, for sure. I mean, you know, we are all human beings. We're not robots. You know, we do have emotions. And someone who is going through infertility is already very, very emotional. You know, like they could be taking many medications that are giving them side effects, right? Or making them uh, hormonal, right? So, and they are just very sensitive. They are very, very sensitive to the comments. And as you were talking about, you know, um, the pressure that our society puts on, that you know you date you you go to school you date you get a career you get married and you have a baby you know just one thing though everyone's journey is different everyone's uh plans or or you know their circumstances are different everybody has different outlook at life and you know what being a parent isn't everybody's cup of tea yeah it takes a lot to bring a human being into this world give up on your current um, life and you know adapt having that child in your in your life now yeah um and maybe for for a 35 year old single woman she's at the peak of her career she yeah. is happy yeah and you know what we say good for you sister exactly if you're not dating you're happy good for you sister yeah maybe there's a 43 year old woman who has been struggling with infertility and now she just doesn't want to do it anymore yeah she made that choice 
we need to say good for you, sister. Yep. How can I help? Yeah. Um, Atan, thank you so much for sharing your story. First of all, I know that that's not easy. So I really do appreciate that. Do you have anything um, like last that you would like to share? Or is there any way that um, our listeners can get a hold of you if they wanted to connect with you? Mm-hmm. Um, I would really like to, um, to, okay, let me word, reword this. I would really like to encourage all of you to look around yourselves and, um, you know, get comfortable with providing support and have those difficult conversations. If you see someone struggling, please reach out, um, you know, and just offer your help, your support. And, and, you know, that non-judgmental support is what they really need. Um, And again, as I said, you know, let's, let's end the stigma. Let's continue this narrative, right. And, 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 destigmatizing societies as I was saying it needs to start at grassroots let's start having these these open conversations no matter how difficult they may be and then let's challenge the norm around you yeah and if anybody wants to get hold of me my email is atambasi at gmail.com that's a-t-a-m-b-a-s-s-i at gmail.com feel free to reach out I'd love to have a conversation Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And definitely not the last time you'll be back. You did fantastic. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, as you said, we love to chat, right? We do. We definitely like to talk. That's for sure.